You are now listening to the Way to Go Youth Podcast with Pastor Jerome Baker. This podcast is an outreach of a place of refuge church located in Carrollton, Georgia, where the pastor is Bishop Barry Walker. Our vision is to help youth and young adults to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's word. Now, let's receive Pastor Baker with today's message. You are listening to The Way to Go. The main subject in Deuteronomy 8 and 16 is the wilderness. The wilderness is the main subject in in our verse. Naturally speaking, a wilderness is also synonymous with a desert. So they can be used interchangeably. Are you with me? Naturally, the wilderness is a dry place. The desert, the wilderness is a hot place with little to rare vegetation. You can't say it's no vegetation, it's rare vegetation. Certain plants and even animals survive and thrive in the wilderness. Likewise, God wants his people to survive and thrive in the wilderness. Figuratively, the wilderness or the desert represents a place or season of suffering in your life. The wilderness experience or A desert place in life, young people, is when you're facing seemingly hardship after hardship. Things are difficult for you personally, socially, academically, or even mentally and financially. Whatever you put on the page, life will present some tough times. And because you are young, that does not exempt you, especially if you are young and in God. You will experience the wilderness because it is ordained by God, but then sometimes you experience the wilderness because you make bad choices. Sometimes you go through tough things in life because you do something that's stupid. You do something that you know you have no business doing. And because God is true to his word, he allows us to reap what we we sow. So it's imperative to understand if I'm going to experience tough times, I want them to be ordained by God and not because I was foolish or stupid. If I'm teaching right, tell somebody he talking right. Yeah. You can bring hardship on your life because you didn't listen to who you were supposed to listen to. You didn't do what you were supposed to do. It can be not the devil's fault, but your fault. 
But what I want us to also understand is because you pray, you bring God his tithe and offering, you fast, you praise, that does not mean God is not going to allow us to experience suffering. The wilderness, young people, the desert, it's a place where God allows, notice, the hand of your enemy to afflict you or to tempt you. He allows you to be tempted with something you like. He allows it. The Bible says Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. The devil for 40 days and 40 nights. And the Bible lets us know when we are tempted is usually with something that we desire. And some of us in here this morning, you, why do I have this urge to do something I know I ain't got no business doing? Why won't God just come down? And he ain't going to come down. He's going to allow you to be tempted. But what I love about the Lord, he won't allow us to be tempted more than what we can handle. You can handle it if you deal with it the right way. But he will let you be tempted. Yeah, before you was in Christ, it was some things that you did that was sin, that was taking you straight to hell, but you liked it. How many can be honest in here? I was on my way to hell doing something that I liked. Putting my hand somewhere on something that was sinful, but I, I liked it. Sipping on something that I know I shouldn't have been sipping on, but I, I at the party just moving, but and, and I liked it. But if you would have died, in, let me do that again. But if you would have died in your sin, we know the wages of sin is what? It's death. And just because you came to the altar and cried, Lord, forgive me, and he cleaned you up. And how many know he will clean you up? Them demons will leave your house or your body, but the Bible said they're going to come right back again and see if you're keeping that house clean. And you're going to be tempted. And he'll allow that to happen sometimes for a season. Yeah. He'll allow you to go through hardship, whether it's in your health, relationships he'll allow it he'll allow the hand of your enemy to afflict you hurt you something that's going to be painful you remember Job? satan went to god and asked him for permission to touch his body god said you can touch everything but you can't kill him god allowed him and it was rough for job look at somebody say it was rough Children died, body going through different things, money, investments gone. It was rough. But the Bible says he did not sin with his lips, nor did he curse God. Yeah. So when you consider Job and Jesus, that is proof that the righteous will go through wilderness experiences. And when you get to going through tough times in your life, there are some things, young folk, your parents cannot help you with. They can pray for you. They can tell you what you should, 
do according to the scripture. But at the end of the day, it's up to, it's up to you. The wilderness can break you. It can dry you up. It can take your praise. It, it, can, it can work you every which way. But let us remember, if he allows us to go through it or to experience it, he'll bring us right on through it. Now, I want you to think about this when it comes to the wilderness or desert. Y'all still with me? Psalms 24 and 1 in part says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The earth and the is the Lord's and the what? Fullness. Thereof. He created it, right? Now think about this. A third, 33% of the earth is desert, is wilderness. It's a dry place. God created the earth, but a third of it is wilderness and desert. What does that say to us? That lets us know that since the wilderness is a part of God's creation, he has ordained the wilderness to serve a purpose in our life. He created it. It's a part of the earth. And so it's going to be a part of our life. And sometimes when we get to going through tough things in life, young people, you try to pray it away, wish it away. Wise is me. You wonder. But look, that's just a part of, it's part of life. Everybody is going to have something difficult that they have to bear or a cup, as I say, that you got to drink from. You're going to have a cross that you have to bear. And so the wilderness is just a part of the plan of life. And when we look at our text on this morning in Deuteronomy 8 and 16, it reveals the ways of God when it comes to the wilderness. Or when we go through tough times, in our family, our money, our health, school, whatever, it reveals what God intends and purposes to happen during these seasons of our life. You can call them stages, but we're going to look at four ways that God deals with his people when they experience a wilderness. Are you with me? Remember the text, Deuteronomy 8 and 16. Y'all ready? Now notice he says first, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know. God's people back in this time were going through the wilderness, but the first way of God that we see when we go through tough times is that no matter what we go through, God sustains us. God will take care of you and I when we go through difficult times in life. God sustained them and he will sustain us. To sustain means to take care of, 
to experience his salvation, his protection, his deliverance, his, his prosperity. And when you look at Israel, the text says that God fed them. Fed them with manna. He, he sustained them. He fed them with something that their fathers did not know. And how many of us have been guilty of when you go through your wilderness or tough times or you experience a wilderness experience, how many have ever been guilty of just focusing on the suffering? But see, we don't just need to focus on the suffering. We need to take a close look of what we're going through and realize God is still sustaining me. Give him thanks that is not worse than what it could be. God is taking care of me. I'm not where I want to be. I want to be in the promised land, but I'm in the wilderness. Let me go ahead and just take note that in the midst of what I'm going through, God is still taking care of me. I may not be eating steak and shrimp every night, but, but, but God is sustaining me with this spaghetti. Thank God for this hamburger helper. Thank God for that $5 Caesar's pizza. Lord, I appreciate you touching them so I could have me some pizza to eat. It, it may not be Outback, may not be Longhorn, but, but I thank you for what I do have. Sometimes, young folk, you got to look around how God is taking care of you. You may not be driving in the Audi, the Beamer, or the Mercedes, but thank God that you got a vehicle that can get you where you need to go and get you back safely. God is sustaining you. You may not be as popular as you desire to be, but a good friend is hard to find. Thank God for the two or three folks that's your day ones. You need to give God the thanks for sustaining you. He's protecting you. He knows you ain't perfect. Sometimes you got to look back and say, Lord, I've done some dumb stuff. I'm glad you didn't allow me to reap from making some bad choices. You taking care of me. Lord, I should have at least two baby mamas, but I thank God I only got the one right here. I, I thank God you protected me while I was going through my wilderness. Look how y'all looking now. Woo, tell somebody God is sustaining me. And instead of complaining, instead of wishing, instead of trying to hurry up and get out of what God got you in, you ought to give God glory, young folk, that is not worse, and that God is still blessing you in the midst of what you're going through. He's sustaining you. Look how he sustained them. He sustained them with manna. He gave them manna. Somebody say manna. Yeah, he gave them manna for, for, for 40 days, the Bible says, and 40 nights. I'm not going to go to it, but y'all write Nehemiah 921. You're going to see it in the notes in a minute, but Nehemiah 921. God took care of them so well, even though they was going through the desert. Nehemiah 9 and 21 talks about how for 40 years he sustained them and they lacked nothing. Then it says that their clothes did not wear out and their feet did not swell. They had the same clothes and the same shoes for 40 years, but it didn't get wore out. God took care of them. 
And sometimes you got to cut Instagram off and quit wishing that your life was like somebody else's and give God thanks for what he's doing in your life right, right now. He's sustaining us. He's sustaining us. Instead of complaining about what your deadbeat daddy ain't doing, give him thanks for what your able mama is doing. Thank God for mama taking me to practice. Thank God for mama preparing my food, doing my hair, helping me here, helping me there. God is taking care of you. Why do we got so many young folk not giving God the praise? Because they don't realize that God is blessing them. You better give God the praise where you at right now because God is blessing his young folk. He's causing bigger. He's causing better. It may not be what you want, but he is doing great things in your life. Let's go to Exodus. Let's look at this man now. What we going to look at? All right, let's go to Exodus 16. Exodus 16. Exodus 16. Quit complaining about your spouse. Young couples, let me give you some wisdom. Your spouse is going to get on your nerves. You love them, but they're going to get on your nerves. You can't concentrate on the things that you don't like about them. Concentrate on the things you do like about them. And prophesy to them that one day you will change. But you can be married, but bitter, upset, and unhappy because you keep looking at what you don't like about your spouse when you should give God thanks for what they are good at. Well, he don't pick up his drawers, but at least he don't hit me. <laughs> Thank God for that. We're going to get these drawers up one day, but, but at least I ain't got no black eye. I thank God for you, baby. You get on my nerves, but I thank God for you. I can't stand how you snore. You keep me up at night. I don't like that about, but at least you bring me my plate when I'm hungry. Woo, thank God for a spouse that'll fix your plate. Look at these new young girls. Look at these tenderonies, fix a plate. Yeah. <laughs> Exodus 16, 15. Let me, let me take a quick poll. How many young ladies ain't going to have no problem with fixing a man a plate? Now, how many will? Just be honest. Just be honest. Boy, we need to have our... Y'all see that sister to sister? <laughs> That's a topic right there. <laughs> Exodus 16 and 15. Now, I'm going to be honest with y'all. When me and my, my uh, wife argue, y'all know we do argue, right? We do argue over the years, and, and I just got to the point, I said, you still going to fix my plate? <laughs> Exodus 16, 15. So when the children of Israel saw it, the manna, they said, what did they say? What is it? What is it? For they did not know what, what it was. And Moses said to them, this is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. They didn't even know what it was. God gave them something that was especially for them. And they didn't even know what it was. And, and the man of God had to tell them, look, this is what God wants you to eat while you're in the wilderness. Gave them some, some manna. 
And, and then at another part of the day, he gave them some quail. He gave them some, some meat, and he gave them some bread. Let's go down to uh, Psalm. We're still looking at what this manna is because I want to deal with this for a second. Y'all still with me? All right. Psalm 78 and 24. Notice what the psalmist says about manna. Had rained down manna on them to what? Eat. Come on, this is in English. And had rained down manna on them to eat. And notice, giving them of the bread of heaven. I'm going to give you some bread straight from heaven again for you to eat while you're in the wilderness. The manna that sustains us, how many know God does not change? He still gives us manna. But the manna that he gives us when we're going through tough times is the revealed word. That's why we come to church, especially in the tough times of life. We come to God's house so we can get that bread from heaven. I need a word to help me to deal with my wilderness experience. That's why you need to make sure when you have a family one day, your whole family is in God's house getting that word so you can learn how to function when life throws difficult times your way. Now, let's look at what Jesus said about the manna. John 6 and 58. Jesus said, this is the bread which came down from where? Say it like a choir. This is the bread that came down from not as your fathers ate the manna and they are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. So now he's saying, look, I'm going to give you something spiritual. This bread is the word, the word, young folk. And when God sends a word, just like Israel, he expects us to eat it. He expects us to put it into action. So when you and I go through tough times, even though our situation doesn't change, who should be changing? We should. Why? We eating. We, we getting a, a word. We should know how to think, how to what? Talk and how to what? Act. Even though our situations oppose us. If you still come to church and you're not eating the word, you're not going to function the way you should function, and you might die in the wilderness. I don't want to die in the wilderness. Matter of fact, I'm not going to die in the wilderness because I'm going to make sure I eat the word so he can sustain me. That's why God's people can be happy all the time because you're getting a word that's going to sustain you. Am I right about it? The second way we see in the scripture that God does his people. Notice Deuteronomy 8.16 again. He says, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know. Here it is. That he might help me choir. Humble you. God humbles us in the wilderness. God humbles us when we're being tempted or going through tough times. He brings us low. Most importantly, he gets us in a position 
where we should depend on, on him. When you and I go through tough times, it should make you more dependent on God. It should cause you to see that your abilities are limited. Lord, I need you. I can't do this on my, on my own. I need you, God. I need your help. I need your grace. I need your mercy. I mess it up on my own. That's the conversation of an humble person. What we don't want, young people, is to go through tough times and start trying to do what we got to do. Start trying to do things on, on your own. That's how you end up in a curse. Cursed is the man who trusts in the arm of flesh. But see, when you go through something in your body, your family, your academics, or whatever, and you just say, Lord, I'm giving it to you. I just humble my, myself. That's what he wants. And it should happen in the wilderness. And that's what some of us are going through right now. God is humbling you. God, God is taking you through to see, look, you can't fix this on your own. You can't make happen what you want to happen on your own. You can make a little something happen, but your heart's desire, you can't do that on your own. And so what the Lord will do, he'll allow us to go through the wilderness to just humble us. Yeah. Let me see if Baker just going to just realize he can't do it on his own. He doesn't have the capacity to do it. On. Is he just going to lower himself? And it takes something. I said it takes something. When a person humbles themselves, God is actually making them better. Not worse, but making them what? Better. Taking you through a process, a transformation. We just have to submit. When I finally realized that I couldn't make my wife do certain things, and I humbled myself and quit and, and, and kept or quit putting pressure on her. And I just humbled myself and made sure I was the husband I needed to be. You know what God started doing? Working on, working on her. Now, if she had the mic, she could flip the story and say the same thing. But, but certain things only happen in life, young people, when you humble your, yourself. Let me just go ahead and pray the way I need to pray. I remember when I wanted to be married. Man, I was just, I was, let me see if she a candidate. I take her out, spend time with her, spend money on her. And I was like, nah, she ain't it. Let me find somebody else. Took her out, do this, do that. I was like, man, you know what? Man, I'm tired. <laughs> I said, Lord, I'm going to get just like you did, Adam. I'm just going to get busy about being productive. And when it's time for you to lead me to my good thing, you're going to do it. That's exactly what I did. I even went so far, I made God a list. I said, Lord, here go my list. This is the qualifications 
of what I want. This is my heart's desire. And I never forget, good time passed by. I said a good while passed by. And I'll never forget, I was in church one day, and uh, I just looked. I was like, who is that? <laughs> and I saw her. But I didn't do like I did last time. I went and talked to the Lord. I was humble now. I said, Lord, I done seen such and such, and I'm curious, and you, you know, she's she checking some things off on this list. What, what you think? The Bible says, acknowledge him in how many of your ways? All your way. And what he'll do? Direct you. And that's what he did. And 27 years later. 27 years later. And two babies later. Here she is. But it only happened when I humbled my. When I humbled myself. And that takes something. I said it takes something. But you know what it did? It made me. Now I can say with boldness to single young people and young adults, look, wait on God. Don't you rush. You don't want to pick the wrong one. You better take your time. Take your time. Let God lead you. Let God direct you. Some listen. And okay, so he humbles us. Am I right? I quoted James 4.10 for those who take your notes. And it says, humble yourself where? Come on, choir. Humble yourself where? And he will lift you up. Proverbs 22 and 4. Let me take my time on this one. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor in life. See, when you just humble yourself and do it God's way, Everything you desire will begin to unfold in your life. But see, if you get to getting fast and trying to get it like the world gets it, you're messing up. Just humble yourself. Remember Moses, how he humbled himself and chose to suffer with the people of God rather than be known as the son of Pharaoh. He just humbled himself. And that's what you got to do, young brother. You just got to humble yourself and let God direct your paths. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And so he'll take you through a process where you need to humble yourself. Then he says... In Deuteronomy 8 and 16, y'all still with me? They were in the wilderness that he might test you. This is what we got to talk about. The wilderness is where God sustains us, humbles us, and what else? He tests us. It's a season where God got to examine you and see if you're real. See if you saved for real. Got to examine you. I got to see if you believe in prayer. See if you believe in giving. See if you believe what you've been saying you want me to do. The Lord will test you. 
Look at your heart. Test your integrity. Test your loyalty. Test your character. Let me see if you really done with this weed. Let me see. Let me see if you done with these little hoes out here. Let me, let me see. Boys and girls. Let me, let me see. Now as a young woman, before you got saved, you was in the girls. Now you saved. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. God will examine your heart. He will see if what you say and what's in your heart, if they're on the same, same page. You say you love your church, you love your pastor. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see if you stand on what you've been saying. That's that wilderness. That's that test time. Let's see if you've been listening to your parents. You know how you tell mama, daddy, whoever, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Well, it's going to come a time where we're going to be able to see if you've been listening. Because mama get tired of saying, how many times I got the... <laughs> Tell you. We're going to see. The same way your teachers and professors in school and college got to give you an exam to see if you've been paying attention in class, seeing if you've been studying, seeing if you want to graduate. God the same way. Let me see. Let me see if you are a real praise leader. Let me test you. Let me test you. Let me see if you're a real minister. Let me just allow you to go through something for some weeks just to see what you're going to do. Let me see. Let me see if you're going to tell your friend how good I am or you're going to talk about how shy you are. Got to test you. God will... The Bible says, test the hearts and the reins or the minds of man. And some of us right now, that's what you're going through. God is evaluating you. It's a testing, James said, of your, of your faith. Let me see if you really believe I could do it. Let me see if you really believe I'm able. That's what the Hebrew boys said. We know that our God is able. That's what the holy boys said. Yes, our God is able. But God will test you to see if you believe it. You believe it. You believe it. Somebody shall praise the Lord. Every aspect of your life eventually will be tested. And I want you to think about something. Y'all still with me? I got a few more minutes. Naturally speaking, the heat and the extreme conditions of the wilderness or desert produce some of the world's most valuable minerals 
that we use in life. That's what the desert is known for producing minerals that we find in brick, cement, glass, all of these important minerals, they're found in the desert or in the wilderness. Even large deposits of gold, oil, petroleum, natural gas, guess where it's found? In the desert. What am I saying? God has designed the wilderness to produce something valuable in you. The same way the wilderness or the desert produces valuable minerals, God allows us to go through tough times to produce something valuable. It's a singer in there, but the only thing or one of the things that's going to bring it out is you going through something difficult. It's a prayer warrior on the inside of you, but you ain't going to know that prayer works unless God allow you to go through a wilderness experience. Baker, it's a servant on the inside of you. It's a preacher on the inside of you. It's a pastor on the inside of you. But Baker, you ain't going to know it unless you go through some things that can just birth it out of you, that can push it out of you. That's why tough times are a necessity. That's why trials are a necessity because God has designed them young folk to bring out the best in us. Look at somebody say, I'm going through this thing, but it's going to bring out something good. The Bible says when Jesus went to the wilderness to be tempted of the devil for 40 days and 40 nights, the Bible says that he came out with some authority. He came out with some power. And God has designed you to go through what you're going through to come out with something. I said he wants you to come out with something. When we were going through financially so hard, Man, it was frustrating. It was difficult. We wanted to be done. But once we humbled ourselves, I came out knowing how to be a good steward. I came out knowing how to handle little money and how to handle big money. I came out with something. When me and my wife were going through things, getting on one another's nerve, you know what? We came out with some wisdom. We know how to make it work now. We go through some things, but we know how to argue and still sleep in the same bed. Ain't no going in there on the sofa, going in there on the couch. We know how to say, you good? Yeah, I'm good. Well, let's go to sleep. You got to come out with something. Tell somebody you got to come out with something. You got to learn. You got to learn something. Come out with something valuable. Come out knowing how to pray. Come out knowing the power of praise. Come out knowing that God hears you when you call on his name. Come out with something valuable. That's one of the main reasons God designed the wilderness to test us and to bring something good out of us. But then he closes up the verse that ought to make somebody more happy. Because when you consider the verse, we done learned three ways that God will reveal himself in the wilderness. First, he will do what? He'll sustain us. Then he will humble us then he will test us but the last part of the verse is what got me more happy on this week than some of y'all right now 
He says in the verse that I did all of this so I could call some good to happen for you in the end. Now, look, don't get it twisted. God will do some good while we're going through it. But the text says specifically when it's all said and done, God is going to do something good for you. He told us a few weeks ago that something great is about to happen. And now he's coming back saying, look, you better expect something good with all of what you have gone through. Oh, tell somebody something good is about to happen. Yeah, in other words, God is going to bless you. God is going to bless me. And when you look at one of the meanings of good in the verse, is something sweet. Tell somebody, God will do something sweet in the end. Yeah, what you go through, the Bible describes it as bitter. But when it's all said and done, it's going to be a sweet ending. I wish somebody would get excited about that. One writer said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And I know some of us been broke for a while, but in the end, it's going to be so sweet. Some of us been going through in our body for a while, but in the end, it's going to be so sweet. You've been struggling and thinking about quitting school, but if you just hang in there until the end, you ought to ask Sister Ariel, it'll be so so sweet. Go ahead and let God sustain you. Go ahead and humble yourself. Go ahead and let the test come your way because you got in your mind all of this has a purpose and when it's all said and done, God is going to make my ending sweet. One writer said my ending will be better than my beginning and I'm trying to preach to somebody off at the MSW. I'm trying to give you a picture that you ain't going to be driving what you driving all the time. You ain't going to be living with your parents all the time. You ain't going to be making minimum wage all the time. All you need to do is just stay in the will of God and remember that your ending is going to be sweet. Your story is going to end up better than it began. Look at somebody and say my ending is going to be sweet because that's what the word has said on this morning. You might as well go ahead and have a party. You might as well go ahead and turn up. You might as well go ahead and stir yourself up because it's not going to be like this always. It's going to be a sweet ending to my story. I'm going to give you a ride in it. I'm going to invite you over and cook for you. My ending is going to be sweet. It's rough right now. It's tough right now. Folks are looking at me funny. Folks are treating me different. But when it's all said and done, my ending is going to be sweet. Come on, young folks. Let's have a little church up in here. Hallelujah. You got to remember the four points. Give God thanks for sustaining you. When you're going through tough times, show God how you give them thanks off up in here. Thank them. Give them praise. It could be worse, but thank you for sustaining me. Insurance paid. Rent paid. Clothes on my back. I got a job. God, you are, sir. But he not only sustains, we got to humble ourselves. 
tell somebody you got to get low. Come on, come on, come on. Look at somebody and say, you got to get low. Yeah, whatever you're going through, humble yourself. If it's your attitude, humble yourself. If it's whatever, humble yourself. But then he's going to allow you to go through some tests. How many know it's test time? Woo, look at somebody say, it's test time. But you got to pass the test. Whatever God got you going through, you got to... You got to pass the test. And if you make it through these stages, your ending is going to be sweet. Oh, I'm getting excited. Look at somebody and thank God for the words. Say, there's going to be a sweet ending to my story. Come on, let's give God a hand clap of praise as I stop right there. I thought y'all were ready to go. I got excited when he told me to release.